3: 560 The Joe Radio Rewind Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 Over the past 24 hours Where you at? It's Dan Day Social media at Dan Day Radio, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole 9 yards Gonna get you the whole 10 yards With The Joe Rose Show in just a few minutes Talking to ESPN's and Miami's own Jeff Darlington All things NFL Greeny, touching base with Daryl Moose Johnston Talking Cowboys, football, and all types of other goodies. And Hawk and Crowder betting on basketball and some Myers-Leonard and Papa Johns. Oh, yes. Right now, though, let's do the headlines. The Heat have condemned Myers-Leonard's anti-Jewish comment while playing a video game the other day. The injured center has been suspended indefinitely. Chris Bosh and Tim Hardaway are finalists for the Basketball Hall of Fame. Other nominees include Paul Pierce. Chris Weber and Ben Wallace. Sergei Bobrovsky's 40 stop shots in goal helped lead the Panthers to a 4-2 win over Columbus. The two play again tomorrow at 7. The 8th ranked Miami Hurricanes baseball team defeated 20th ranked FAU yesterday 11-2. They resume ACC play Friday against Wake Forest. Spring training baseball for the Marlins continues today as they'll face the Astros in just about five minutes. Inter-Miami coach Phil Neville says Rudolfo Pizarro will have a larger role with the team this season. Inter begins MLS play in mid-April. Gonzaga continues their unbeaten streak as they defeated BYU in the West Coast Conference tournament final yesterday's 88-78. The Zags enter the NCAA tournament at 26-0. And now, oh, let's take a step into the day spot. A 17-year-old boy in New Zealand recently spent 36 straight hours on a swing. Sure, he's a real lady killer, that one. An Ontario gym owner did 879 chest-to-ground burpees in an hour to break a record. I know how I'd feel after that. One word. Dead. A Huno Beach waitress received a $1,300 and $1,500 tip from separate customers in the same night. This has me wondering. Waitress? or escort. Neighbors of a noisy couple in Great Britain penned a letter to their doormates letting them know that the walls are paper thin, and their sounds are traumatizing their children. Why write a letter? Just sit back and enjoy. Let's enjoy some uh, Joe Rose. He's at Krantz Hollywood. Get you going in the morning. They're talking with Jeff Darlington. Cutting up like nobody else. Talking football. Dak drama. Free agents. Likeable Tom Brady. Russell Wilson. And what are we going to do with Tua?
4: Bangy-dangy, I didn't see you got franchised yesterday by ESPN. Are you upset by that, your first comments?
0: Yeah, you know what? We're pursuing a long-term extension, so I'm not really too concerned about it. Actually, that's not even true. I'm completely kidding. I have <laughs> no idea. I might get laid off tomorrow. Don't,
5: don't say that. You know <laughs> don't what? say that. No, why'd you have to go there with everything going on? You're not going anywhere.
0: By the way, Dak Prescott. My friends all, my friends all say that I'm eventually going down, like for something like that. You know, like no. something I'm going to say. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll be you're one not. of those guys. And everybody will be like, yeah, you know, like, 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 like the general public will be like, yeah, we didn't see that coming. And then all my friends are like, yeah, we kind of did. <laughs> just stay off. It'll be anything like mean spirited. It'll no. never be anything mean spirited. It'll be something, you know, it'll, you know, it'll be something. Yeah, say something. Just bad don't words. play,
5: hey Jeff. Just don't play video games on Twitch. That's all we're <laughs> asking. Just be yeah, careful. but I would never. See, I
0: would never. I would never. I know. I would never say like 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 those words. I'll just say something that's like... Those words. It, it'll, it'll, it'll offend somebody in some form. It just won't, uh, you know, offend a yeah. general mass of people. Yeah,
5: I think it'd be small if you did. Hey, uh, nothing small yeah. about Dak Prescott. Holy smokes. The guy waited from last year and ended up beating Jerry Jones across the board. Were that's you right. surprised at all?
0: I was surprised it got done, to be honest with you, only because... I just thought that they had, had reached this point where the bridge was too wide. And, and I'm still sort of surprised that the Cowboys ended up... This is, this is what I expected Dak to demand. I just didn't expect the Cowboys to give it to him. And that's why ultimately I thought that it would extend to that July deadline. And then that July deadline would pass. Dak would play this year almost as like a lame duck, knowing he's going into free agency. Uh, it, it, like almost what happened with Kirk Cousins seven years ago. So I, I'm, I, I guess I'm ultimately I'm, – I'm happy for Dak. I'm just sort of surprised that the Cowboys were willing to pay him as much as they ultimately did.
4: Yeah, it was, I thought it was an interesting situation there in Dallas when it comes to if they were going to fully pay him or not or let him go another season on that franchise tag. Yeah. Uh, outside of the franchise – well, speaking of the franchise tag in general, anything surprised you yesterday with the guys that were franchised or guys that weren't franchised around the NFL?
0: Not really. I, the, the thing, that, you know, from a especially from a South Florida perspective, I, um, uh, I think that's what Dolphins fans care about more. But even nationally, I thought the wide receiver position was going to be the most interesting when it came to the tag. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay out of Detroit ended up not getting the tag, which I'm sure Dolphins fans are, are very aware of and paying close attention to. But Allen Robinson with the Bears – gets the tag I foresee drama there I can't see him playing on the tag this year could see that going the way of a you know like almost like a Le'Veon Bell situation I'll be curious I'll be watching that one closely but but those are probably the ones that I was paying most attention to the rest kind of felt for the most part like uh like bookkeeping Chris Godwin that was the other wide receiver that got tagged by the Bucs that seemed anticipated as well and he he seems like he'll he'll gladly play under it but from a you know from a Dolphins perspective, looking at those talents, Galladay is a guy that I'm sure that they'll they'll have an eye on. But but also you know if Allen Robinson for some reason were available in a trade, uh, kind of a tag and trade situation, um, that's, he's a pretty pretty awesome talent as well.
5: You know you know it surprised me. I thought Shaq Barrett would would get the tag. I was totally wrong as one of the top pass rushers who was unbelievable oh. in the playoffs. Did that surprise you?
0: No, uh, no, only because, I mean, I thought the Bucks were in a good situation where they could use the tag almost the way it's supposed to, uh, in a way that, that was, uh, that might not be true, but the way, the strategic way of being able to say, look, we could tag a number of guys, so we'll use this as almost like, look, if, if we're not close on a long-term deal with this guy, we'll tag this guy, and, and we'll try to get closer. For Shaq Barrett, he was tagged last season as well, so he would have gotten a 20% bump. Now, you could argue he's still worth that, but but you could tag Godwin, get him for a year. He kind of already made clear that he'd play under it without, without uh, any kind of drama. So, and then you work towards the long-term deal with Barrett. I, I I think ultimately a long-term deal with Barrett will get done. You we do? know the one got done with Levante. Yeah, I think so. Wow. I mean, I I think, so they got it done with Levante David. Shaq Barrett wants to stay in Tampa. Um, I'm not saying he's going to give a hometown discount, but, Let's put it this way. I don't think it's one of those things where he's going to hit free agency and just say, I'm looking to leave and looking to get paid. Like, I think that that's a good marriage between the Bucks and Barrett, and, and I think that they will make very good faith efforts toward making something happen there.
5: Jeff, I'll say one thing. Boy, the Tom Brady factor this offseason has stirred up yeah. more crap with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, and they're all sitting back watching him put together his team, run the offense the way he wants – And they're going, that's all we want. We want to be a little involved like Tom is.
0: It's a fine line, right? Like, you know, Tom did something that sort of, like, invoked this free spirit within a lot of these quarterbacks to where they say, like, look what he did. He was in New England. He was a fixture there for 20 years. Everybody said he's crazy to leave. that he won't succeed if he goes somewhere else, that he's a product of the system. And instead, Brady leaves – And beyond just the success he had on the field, I think I could make an argument that Tom Brady has never been more popular. I think that people, and I'm sure there's people rolling their eyes listening to this right now that don't like Brady, but I still think there are a lot more people right now like him more than they ever did when he was in New England. Oh, I agree. There was just something yep. about the season that was a more likable Tom Brady.
4: Yeah, he wasn't in a Patriots jersey, that's why he was likable at that
0: point. That's fair. Uh, but, right. but also, uh, like that, that Patriot way, man, it stifles you. It stifles. It, it is intended to stifle your personality. It is intended to to make you nothing more than than a person behind a face mask, behind under a helmet, and and that's okay. But ultimately, when, when you are playing for a dynasty that is caught up in so many different controversies, you are never going to get the benefit of the doubt with the public when you're just a guy behind the face mask. And I think that Brady did a good job of sort of revealing himself to be, you know, he's still got his quirks, he's still got his, his things that, you know, annoy the general public. But generally speaking, people are saying, man, how can you not at least appreciate what this dude is doing especially in his 40s
5: you're you're right and and by the way you said something about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson kind of going through that same relationship a yeah, little bit it looks a right. lot
0: alike huh yeah um so so not necessarily like it was my point. I think I was talking about what I said on the NFL Live. I think it was, it was get up one of those shows, you know, and I said it's not necessarily the thing that was going on with Belichick and Brady last year that, that sort of opened the public's eyes to sort of the dissension within that, those ranks, but rather like six, seven, eight years ago, like Brady and Belichick went through some really frustrating times and always sort of have, but they figured out how to evolve their relationship to where it didn't have to be all overly friendly to be successful Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, in my opinion, are now going through that version of Belichick and Brady, the version of several years ago when Brady started to say, look, man, like you got to listen to me more. And Belichick sort of said, no, I don't really have to. Now, the difference, the reason I'm a little bit interested to see if Russ and Pete can make this work is because Tom Brady and Belichick had Robert Kraft, almost as their marriage counselor, almost as their mediator, to step in and say, Bill, Tom's our guy, make it work because if he wasn't there I think Tom would have left a long time ago if Kraft wasn't there to mediate that. They don't have that in Seattle. Like they don't have first of all you know the late Paul Allen, right. he wasn't even that hands on. And now they don't they don't have anybody to sort of mediate it. So if they can't sit down and figure it out themselves, I don't necessarily see Sierra being the mediator there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that's going to work.
4: <laughs> Jeff, i got to ask you this. You brought up the wide receivers before. If the Allen Robinson situation in Chicago uh, kind of stays put, he plays there for the year, is a good soldier, just mm-hmm. stays there doesn't want to leave. And it's Galladay, Will Fuller, Juju—those top three guys, maybe on the wide receiver market. What's going to be, you think, the price tag for those guys going forward in free agency if the Dolphins want to make a run at one of those three?
0: I mean, I think I think that market is now like I think it's around like uh, you know twenty twenty two million a year. Um, yeah. I, I think that's oh, that's my, my that was the vibe I was getting on Godwin when right. when that was sort of percolating and. You know, the tag ended up being, what was this tag? Sixteen million, I think. Yeah, I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't yeah. I can't keep up a lot of crap, man. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, it amazing that people it, still care about that? It, like,
5: it's fifteen point eight <laughs> million for Godwin and Robinson 15, with that tag. Yeah. I can't
0: believe I knew that. I mean, I've come a long way. You're doing uh, so, yeah. so but but like so from the tag standpoint, like so that that was a value because I, I really do think that these guys are gonna get upwards of twenty million dollars. So, it's a, it's a heavy price to pay, you know? All
5: right. All right. Well, let's jump into one that's always popular. And I feel bad for the kid because he's down here working out every day. He's trying to get the guys together. He's working on every part of his game. What are your thoughts on, on Tua Tungavailoa when I say it right now and going forward?
0: I, I mean, look, I get the sense that he that the Dolphins are rolling with him. Like, I, I my sense is that. You know, I'm not saying that, that – can't change, But I think that the Dolphins are saying, let's, let's give this guy another season. Let's get some weapons around him. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people holding their breath about the potential of the Deshaun Watson thing. I personally, my, just my vibe on the situation is they are not going to, to go that route. And I, yeah, I think that's okay. One of the things I was saying, was Rich Eisen or something, I was talking to him. He was asking for the temperature down here on Tua. In South Florida. And I think the temperature locally is a little different than it is nationally. Like, I think nationally everybody's like, oh, Deshaun Watson upgrade because Tua didn't show it last year. But I think locally there seems to be, at least, and you guys know better than me, there seems to be a level of patience. Like, look, get this guy some weapons. His wide receivers were all hurt. He had no running game. Uh, and let's then see what he can do. I'm not saying everybody seems sold on Tua, but I think that down here, the sense I get talking to like just even just friends is that. Even if they're not sold on them, they feel like they don't know enough yet. And I'm not saying they're going to, they should go the 8-10 to 10 year route where they continue to try to figure it out, but another year of Tua doesn't feel like – I feel like without you can do that, not mortgage your future, maybe trade out of that third pick to get more picks, and if Tua doesn't work out, at least you have the ambition to trade up and get who you want. That, Jeff, to me, uh, is – Yeah, Jeff, well, I think I'm you're thinking. right, by
5: the way. Uh, I think most fans want – Want Tua Tungavai Valoa to come back, load it up, and and let's let's go see what he's got. I, I agree with you. I think. Do you the think Jordan.
0: that do you think that locally that they're sold on Tua, or do you think I'm right that it's more like we still think he deserve we deserve to find yes. out. I
5: I think it's it's a combo, but mostly, come on, man, give the guy give him a full year. Let's see what he's got when he's when he's got a loaded deck and he's got offensive line. It's got some some more. You know, they they played together, yeah. which. That's right, Experience. which
0: is crazy because that's, that's a flip of the narrative that normally exists in South Florida, which is get this guy the hell out of here. Let's move on to the next guy while the rest of the country saying, no, give that guy a chance. You know, it's a total flip. Like yeah. generally in South Florida, this is the impatient crowd with the quarterback. And with Tua, to me, it feels like they're more patient. Yeah,
4: no, I agree. But, but yeah. I also do think the tease of Deshaun Watson is going to be the problem for Tua going forward.
0: That's, but that's the only reason. That's it. Right, right, if, 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 right. If they, it wouldn't be this way if it was Russell Wilson. I don't think everybody would be like, how can we get Russ? I think it's just because it's a 25-year-old franchise league guy, and I understand that, by the way. Like, I get that. Desha- I mean, if, if you don't have an absolute fixture at the quarterback spot, like, I get why Deshaun Watson is so attractive. And, by the way, when you have the ammunition to be able to do it. So, so I get it. But if there's not Deshaun Watson unrest in Houston – We're not even having any conversation about whether Tua is the guy for next season.
5: Jeff, is is Ryan Fitzpatrick starting in the NFL next year? Start of the season, does he find a starting job?
0: Sure, sounds like that's up to him. I I mean, like I, I could see him finding a starting job, like whether it's in New England or you know, like what's New Orleans. There's so much that has to like shake out that I could see it being a situation where come July, there's a team saying. You know, we like this guy we got in the draft. But, you know, the the, 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 the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle, you know, uh, the, the standard cycle. So, yeah, if he wants to continue to play, I think he could wind up starting some games this season.
5: Everybody loves that guy. It's, uh, it's incredible, <laughs> man. He,
0: one of the most popular damn <laughs> guys. Amazing? You know what's crazy, Joe, is I was thinking about this the other day. For a guy who is a Harvard – like, he's like a Harvard graduate – who you know who makes millions in the NFL yet seems so easily to, easy to relate to? It's like it's so funny to me. Like he is not by resume alone, he should not seem relatable, but he should, <laughs> but instead he's the guy that everybody wants to root for. Right, I
5: got to right. tell you. So so the joke is, I used to come in every Monday morning and tell these guys is Bo and I get out there early when we are on the field, and he would walk out and it looked like he had 19 puppies behind him that wanted to sit next to him. (laughs) They wanted to talk to him while he was throwing, and then seven guys from the other team all come over, and they want to talk to him for 20 minutes. Like, everybody wanted a a Fitzy fix, man. It was unbelievable. I was going, look at all the tight ends. so interesting. Mike Isicki is like, I, I was like, poor Mike. If they ever get rid of Fitzpatrick, that's going to be a tough adjustment, that guy that's his guy and Devonte parker and i'm like man
0: i know man it, he's he reminds you know it's it's almost a little remember like with chad pennington and it's even it's even yes. more with chad it was the same thing where it was like god if this guy just had like a little like if chad pennington had even an average like strength shoulder that dude is a hall of famer you know yep. what i mean i don't know what it yep. is with fitzy i don't know what what exactly it is that he's missing Quite honestly, like, I really yeah. don't. Like, what is, it that, what is it that fits he's missing? Just like some tick in his brain that doesn't make him do something stupid every, I, like, 15 plays? But, like but I, I, I think guys
5: like that, aggressive style, like, hey, guys, I'm going to let it yeah, rip. It. I'm going to let it rip. It, I ain't worried about
0: throwing a pick. I, I, I love it. I just don't know what is the what, – what is missing? What is it that keeps him from being, like, a franchise starter? What is it? Because I, I can't – he's, like, yeah. one of the few people I can't, I can't pinpoint it. Yeah. Like, what is it? Is he just not elite arms? Like, he's got arm strength. Like, what
5: is it? It's just the consistency of those bad halves or that one bad game every four or five out that just goes, wow. I know. Everybody it's told me weird. you were like this and you're like this. So, it's – it's. A, by the way, my great Chad Pennington story, he's the only guy in the history of the Miami Dolphins that had a party and every black and white guy went to the party. Unheard of yeah. in the NFL. You remember yeah, that? You remember right. that? He
0: was – he was yeah he was the guy that like you knew that he was different when Brandon Marshall was like that's my guy yeah. like by the way, that's a,
3: good, that's a good barometer right there. Joe Rose, he played for the Dolphins. Jeff Darlington covers the Dolphins like nobody else. You've got your football covered with those guys. And Greeny, he covers them all. Well, I,
1: I I think it turned out as well as could be expected. I, I think that if everybody had this to do over again, that, that Dak Prescott would have been the first big contract that was extended a, a couple of years ago as opposed
3: to Ezekiel Elliott. So. Daryl Moose Johnson next on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard over the past 24 hours here on 560. I am Dan Day, and Greeny is your guy from 10 to noon. Always has some of the best guests right now. He's
6: talking to Cowboys and football with legend Daryl Moose-Johnson. Cowboys legend, outstanding analyst from Fox Sports and friend of the show, Daryl Moose-Johnson is with me on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Moose-Johnson. Morning, Mike. How you doing? Uh, Great. Uh, Outstanding. Wonderful to have you, and you're exactly who I wanted to talk to about this there has been so much conversation about Dak Prescott and Willie or won't he and will Jerry figure it out and won't he now that it is all behind us what do you think of it all what how do you think it turned out and what do you think it does going forward
1: well I I, I think it turned out as well as could be expected I, I think that if everybody had this to do over again that did Dak Prescott would have been the first big contract that was extended a, a couple of years ago as opposed to Ezekiel Elliott so I think at that time, you know, for me, that, that was going to make it very challenging. And, and that's even without us knowing what was going to happen to the salary cap going into 2021 because of the pandemic and there being a big reduction there. So, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that they were able to get this done uh, to make it work, uh, to get them off the franchise tag, to have some flexibility, to start adding some other free agent acquisitions uh, in the offseason to improve the defense or some er- other areas on the offense, uh, was something that was was pretty impressive. So uh, it came down to the final hours, but uh, I, I think there's a big sense of relief now that it's done. And now we move on to what the expectations are for Dak Prescott leading the Dallas Cowboys. And what are those? I, I think it's Super Bowl or, or bust. I, I just think that that's what the expectations have to be with, with the people that they've surrounded him with. You know, a lot of times when we get into the situation with a quarterback who wants to become the highest paid player at the position or, or gets into that top three, a lot of times there's not that supporting cast around him. But the Cowboys organization has done a good job of getting those players around him. You know, you know going after CeeDee Lamb last year the development of Michael Gallup uh, you know, Amari Cooper, you know, having Ezekiel Elliott there. The, the big question for me going in will be the offensive line and the health of that. We saw what can happen during the course of the season if you have injuries in your offensive line with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So that will be the most important thing for Dak Prescott moving forward. But nobody's going to look to those situations where, hey, you know, here's why maybe it's not as good as it should be right now. I think that 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 window of uh, forgiveness is gone now with this type of contract and it's going to be on his shoulders to carry this team regardless of what's happening around it.
6: Some, something that you just made me think of, and I understand this is a complicated question, but when athletes get paid a whole bunch of money, externally, the expectations change and, and it just people think of them differently, look at them differently. They attach their salary to everything they do. Internally, is there any phenomenon like that? Like, will it change anything inside how much money he's making? Like Emmett Smith held out that year. He got all his money. Does anything change internally relative to relationships or expectations when a player gets the huge contract like that?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, you know, just from our experience, when, when Emmett got his big contract, when Troy got his big contract, uh, you know, you're happy for him. You know, that, that's just, it's all the hard work they've put in up until that point. Uh, to be rewarded in that fashion. So nothing really changes on the inside. It, it's kind of that same thing that, that everybody talks about with playoff football. You know, old playoff football. We're getting to the, that time of year where the games are more important. And, and they make it sound like guys are going to play harder during the playoffs than they've done during the course of the regular season. So it's kind of that same thing. When, when you get this opportunity to be, if not the highest paid player at your position in the NFL, but one of the top three, one of the top five, you're not going to start working harder. Hopefully, if you've got the right guy, you, he's been working that way this whole time. If, if he hasn't and, and you make him into that group, if you put him into that group with that type of contract, uh, you know, then, then that's not a very prudent decision by the organization. So I think everybody knows how, how Dak Prescott approaches every day. He wants to get better every single day. We've watched him improve. Uh, so the Dallas Cowboys know who they have in that person. And one of the most important things to me is is a guy moving forward and being that face and the voice of the franchise. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott is very well-respected by his teammates, the way he works. Uh, the intangibles are off the charts. We've talked about this a bunch. He, he's just well-liked. Uh, and, and it's uh, that that's an important combination when you're talking about the person who's going to be the voice and the face of your
6: franchise moving forward. Daryl Johnson with me here. Is is there no moment, probably jokingly, where when Emmett gets that contract and he comes back from the holdout – you say you know. I run into that damn hole before you do every single time. I'm knocking people out of the way so it, it clears out for you. I need some cut of that. Is that is that a conversation that ever takes place, either seriously or not so?
1: Uh, it, it takes place, but completely, completely not seriously. <laughs> um, you know, it, he, he's been so good to me. He's he's always uh, he's always spoke very highly of me, uh, and he is very generous. I mean, our our locker room at Christmas time was was comical at points you know with with troy the generosity that troy had for the offensive line and the people around him uh and then Emmett and then michael got in on it you know we would walk into our locker room you know the day that they were going to put all the gifts for their gratitude for for how everybody else had had performed during the course of the year And, and the defensive players were so upset they were so mad because nobody on the defensive side of the ball was doing that so they'd walk in out on the offensive side of the locker room there's just all these gifts in everybody's lockers
6: wow oh i love that greenian you know that team, if I could just digress for a brief moment, what? how would you put into words what it was like being a part of that group? I... You got you got Troy, who's got his thing going on. You got Michael Irvin, who's God knows what he's got going on. You got Emmett, who is he's a legend. You got Jimmy Johnson, who's one of the the biggest personalities ever. Jerry Jones is in the office upstairs. You got a whole team full of those guys. At one point, Deion Sanders is there. That's one of the wildest bunches in every way that I could ever maybe, you know, among them in football history. What was it like? How would you put into words what it was like to be a part of that group?
1: Oh, gosh, it was uh, one of the greatest experiences you could ever imagine. Um, In in the way that you talk about all those guys and and how big those personalities are, the common thread between all of them was the desire to win championships. And that's what made that group special. Uh, When you've got these huge personalities, all of them had a hard work ethic. Uh, All of all they wanted to do was win championships. And that's what you needed to have. Uh, So I think as fans and the media, you see the external Part of the uh, of what they bring to the locker room, you never got to see what was inside there. You know what the teammates thought of them, and you know I, I, I still say you know, the the dynamics of the of the triplets is created and made successful by Troy. You know Troy did not desire statistics. You know all he wanted to do was win, and that allows you to have the NFL's all time leading rusher in the backfield with you uh, because you can't accomplish that goal. Emmett can't accomplish that goal. If Troy's going to be statistically driven, you know, to put up 40, you know, 4,000 yard seasons, you know, 4,500 yard seasons back at that time, all he wanted to do was win football games. So he was the key to making the dynamics of the triplets work. Uh, but all those huge personalities, you know, the, the best thing about all of them is all they wanted to do is win championships. And, and it, it was a it was a mission. You know, when, when we came up short on a Sunday. They were some of the first guys back into the facility Monday morning to try and figure out what happened the previous day and make sure that didn't happen again.
6: So interesting. What a fascinating group that was actually. Yeah, to, to your point, The most touchdown passes that Troy Aikman ever threw in a season was 23. And it is a great, to finish it on this thought, I think you will like this, that people who aren't old enough to remember those teams, who did not watch your Cowboys teams, people for whom football begins in their conscious lifetime right around the year 2000, they will look at Aikman's numbers and they will try and diminish what a great player he was because they're just looking at numbers. And I always tell them, and you can do it a trillion times better than I can, I always tell them, if you don't think Troy Aikman was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you didn't watch him play because he just was the combination of the accuracy and the toughness I don't care what the numbers are if you watched him play he was that good and I'm sure you hear it now right from young football fans who will look at those numbers and say hey he doesn't put up numbers like all these guys who came after him and maybe that's kind of the point that you make in here right now Daryl.
1: absolutely you're spot on like um, you know I had people come up to me when when he was up for the hall of fame nomination you know there was a lot of people that that said he shouldn't have been a first ballot hall of famer and i'm like how can you say that and they're like well look at this the, the stats the stats just aren't there and at that time I was like listen there's only one stat to me that's important for my quarterback and that's winning championships and he won three in four years so a- end of discussion uh you know completions touchdowns that yeah hey if that comes along with the championships fine but it was just for me that was the the defining thing and his leadership, uh, just his work ethic, everything. I mean, he was the heart and soul of those teams. You know, we talked about some of the other personalities that were there. Uh, everybody on the offensive side of the ball knew who the alpha male was. When, when Troy Aikman stepped into the huddle, it was his huddle. Even with all those big personalities that were out there on the field with him, he, he was by far uh, our, our true leader,
3: and,
7: and everybody followed
3: him. The moose is loose. And up next... Let Hawk and Crowder get loose.
7: Ah. He has to be gone for 20 months. I, but unless, he's, unless he's better at this than Papa
3: John. <laughs> More fun from those guys minutes away here on 560 to Joe Radio Rewind.
4: Pass the roots.
3: 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Hope you're doing well. I'm Dan Day, and you can't avoid the elephant in the room. Everyone seems to be talking about Myers-Leonard. But first, Hawk and Crowder talk about betting on basketball. Then, they talk about Myers-Leonard and Papa John.
7: ACC tournament action. They've got Clemson. That game tips off at 230. And so, uh... We were going to bet it. Solana and Crowder and I, we were talking this morning, and it was Miami plus nine, and I I didn't pull the trigger on it for some reason, and now it's down to Miami plus eight. Mm. I'd really like to get... I really don't want to give up that point, but... I, I, I like Miami. I'm not. I I don't really feel like they're going to beat Clemson. But you know, kind of our theory yesterday, Jim and Nago keep them in the game. They ended up winning outright yesterday. They were underdogs. Uh, I feel like they can stick within nine. I'm I'm less apt for eight.
2: Eight still a big number, bro. And college mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm down, man. It like is. Saying, Jim you Lair still want to pull the trigger experience? on that? Yeah, man, his experience, he's been in, you know, the biggest games of the biggest games, and he'll figure out a way to keep it close. I'm I'm with you. Do they win? I don't know. Do they win by less than or lose by less than eight? I think so. Solana, you are still in at plus eight? I am. I am still in at plus okay. eight. I feel good. I feel really good about this Canes team today.
7: Oh all right. Then uh, then I'll pull the trigger on it before the game tips off at 230. Uh, there are three statements. We're gonna, we are have a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, there are three statements regarding Myers Leonard that I will touch on briefly because obviously that was a huge bit of news yesterday. Um, there was Len- Myers Leonard's statement. Uh, He used the K word. Uh, He said, I am very, I am deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse. And I was just wrong. I am now more aware of its meaning, and I am committed to properly seeking out people who can educate me about this type of hate and how we can fight it. I acknowledge and own my mistake, and there's no running from something like this that is so hurtful to someone else. This is not a proper representation of who I am, and I want to apologize to the Arisons, my teammates, coaches, front office, and everyone associated with the Miami Heat organization, to my family, to our loyal fans, and to others in the Jewish community who I have hurt. I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than my use of this word. That's one statement. Then there's the uh, Miami Heat's official statement. The Miami Heat vehemently condemns the use of any form of hate speech. The words used by Myers Leonard were wrong and we will not tolerate hateful language from anyone associated with our franchise. To hear it from a Miami Heat player is especially disappointing and hurtful to all those who work here as well as the larger South Florida, Miami Heat, and NBA communities. Myers Leonard will be away from the team indefinitely. The Miami Heat will cooperate with the NBA while it conducts an investigation. And if past, uh, if past um, you know uh, circumstances are any indication of how long he'll be gone, uh, I'm guessing 20 months, right? Because that's how long it took Papa John. So yes he, he has to be gone for twenty months. I, but unless he's unless he's better at this than Papa John. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's better at it. I don't know. Who knows if Papa John took it seriously? Maybe Myers Leonard's taking it more seriously than him. So
2: Myers would dive um,
7: straight in. And then the other one, uh, he's like, Yes, uh, counselor, can I turn this twenty month program into like an eight week program? Is there is there a fast track? <laughs> and then in. I love this statement. This is from Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, a Super Bowl MVP and uh, one of the rare superstar Jewish athletes. He tweeted out today an open letter to Myers Leonard. So we've never met and I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you're getting lots of criticism for what you said, not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely, you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends, and I'll show you a fun time. Julian Edelman. I think that is so perfectly uh, said by Julian Edelman. Certainly wraps up my feelings on it. Look, I'm Jewish. Do I like hearing that word? No. Did it change my life uh, greatly yesterday? (laughs) No has this been uh, uttered not that word but have slurs been uttered before by basketball players or athletes yes riley cooper said the n word and then went to his team mostly african americans apologized and he was still on the team still playing football hulk hogan said the n word numerous times in that video and i believe he's wrestling still for I, I know he he was off for a while and then then he was back yeah. kobe bryant used a, a homophobic slur on the basketball court. I think others have recently. It's something that you deal with, and you hope, I hope, the, the way I always go with this stuff is, I hope that people learn from it. I always look at the positive side. Yep. I don't feel like Myers Leonard should never work again in his life. He's the most hateful human and the most destructive heat player in the history of the world. No, I don't feel that way. I Again, I don't like hearing the word. And whatever the Heat deems the appropriate action, whatever the NBA deems the appropriate action, that's fine. It's not my decision to make. I just hope that people go, oh, I didn't. Oh, I, I wasn't aware. Not, not Myers, but other people now. I wasn't aware that that was so hurtful, or I wasn't aware that words can engender that type of response. And, and I hope that we all learn from it, become more tolerant.
2: That's it for me. And that's the same thing, too. And also, uh, to add another guy get closer to home was that video of Richie Incognito Mm, with no mm-hmm. shirt on, running around the bar, yelling the N word, yep. with his black teammates there with him, not checking him. So t- exactly to your point, Hawk. I like the guys that get checked, and for Myers to get checked by Julian in a very articulate way. But he got he, he checked him. Hey, bro, I you know or not know, ignorant or not ignorant about what that word means. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And even your ignorance is the problem, too, of not knowing that that hurts people. So we're on the same page. As long as you get checked and as long as to, like you said, Hawk, other people out there that are gaming and might say that word or other hurtful words, just to get checked on you You shouldn't do that. And if you do, you're going to hurt people. And I even like the checking of, like, Riley Cooper where I was saying, hey, if you got to see somebody on the, you know, I think he was with the Eagles at the time. On the Eagles, yeah. if you got to see somebody on the Eagle, you got to see somebody on the Eagle, but just check that you, you have to put your foot down and let them know this is not acceptable. And that's why I brought up Richie because that hurt me with Richie with a bunch of African American teammates standing there and you still feel like you can yell that word. So I like Myers being checked. I'm sure Jimmy, I'm sure Bam, I'm sure a lot of those other guys are going to go up and explain to him, even, even though they're not Jewish, but. The racial slur side of it, like we've been a part of these things in the past on a different it's a different word, but it's on the same level. And I'd love that Julian came out as a Jewish athlete to speak on it. But, yeah, check they ass That's my point. Check they ass and let them know it's not okay.
7: And I'm with that. And and honestly, like if I if you gave me like what what's the best possible outcome of something like this to me? Is it Myers Leonard never works again? Look, he's got millions, so it doesn't matter. Myers Leonard never works again, and he's uh, considered the most hate hateful human being in NBA history. No, uh, my preferred outcome is what might happen there, which is maybe he does go to a Shabbat dinner with Julian Edelman, and he starts to broaden his understanding of people with different religions and and different backgrounds. So there you go. That's our little uh, our little message at the beginning. And, now
2: and no, no on to I the want to say stuff. something too. Just no, we'll be getting fun <laughs> in a second. But just quickly, I've learned so much about the Jewish heritage knowing you. Years, you know, years and years. I went to your mm-hmm. son, your son's bar mitzvah for like years and years of knowing you. I've learned so much that I was ignorant to. I don't yell, you know, uh, you know slurs about jewish people but i just learned so much i didn't you know didn't know the struggle i didn't know what you went what what jewish people went through and like a lot of guys probably don't so my relationship with you taught me a lot even though i didn't have any bad intentions in my heart so that's what it is it's really knowledge it's really education about things so to him for him to go to out to eat with julian really and julian to explain everything to him it, it would be it was like the enlightening part, the enlightening yep. moment when you started explaining, you know, the history of Judaism to me. And it was just it was mind blowing to me. And I was like, damn, like I wanted to give you a hug when you were explaining all that to me. So, yes, educate, educate yourself. On things lot like this, people, that's what I tell A my. lot of
7: people really aren't aware of other groups' struggles or prejudices because you're in your own group, and it's understandable. When I was a kid, I grew up in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. But when I was a kid, though. On my way to school, we passed a country club every single day, and the sign said "No Jews." That was a big thing in the '70s for country clubs: no Jews, no blacks. The good country clubs: no Jews and no blacks. And that was—it wasn't wasn't anything other than there was the big sign, no Jews. You didn't have to have the no black sign at the, this country club because I don't think there were many in our neighborhood. But there were plenty of Jews, and that country club had the no Jews sign out there, and it was just a so people don't know other people's struggles, and that's and that's yeah. fine. But again, if it if it all ends with Myers Leonard having a Shabbat dinner with Julian Edelman, I mean that's great, isn't that what we want from anybody that might not have the tolerance that that we uh, wish everyone has, or not have the understanding that we wish everyone has? The ultimate goal is for them to open up their mind and then find that understanding and find that tolerance. So exactly. that was a, a a nice move. By by Julian
3: Edelman. That's all the sports that's fit to be heard. I am Dan Day. Social media at Dan Day Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Let's do it again tomorrow at six o'clock. It's five sixty. The Joe Radio Rewind later. Slug.
1: We really need new phones.
2: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.